Barukata Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kirshanu bemitzvotav etzivanu la'asok bedivrei Torah. Be'arebna Adonai Eloheinu et divrei Torateka befinu ufiam ka beit Yisrael, v'niyeh anaknu v'etze etzeinu v'etze etzeiam ka beit Yisrael, kulanu yodea shmeka velomde Torateka lishma. Barukata Adonai hamlame Torah le'amo Yisrael. Barukata Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, asher b'char banu miko ha'amim, ve'natan lanu et torato. Barukata Adonai, noten ha-torah. Mashiach, now. This week we're in Parsha Chaye Sarah, which is, on a Peshat level, the life of Sarah. And if you've listened to the previous episode, I went into the lives of Sarah. So one of the things that happens at the beginning of this parasha is that Avraham Avinu, our, our patriarch, goes to mourn Sarah in Hebron. And during the, the eulogy that was going on, that there is a, a bracha that we recite over our wives, over our wife, every Friday night. Uh, all the men will do this customarily uh, during some point of the Erev Shabbat Seder, which technically would be the Le'el Shabbat. It's the night of Shabbat. Erev Shabbat would begin on a sixth day, which is a Thursday night at sundown and uh, conclude right at candle lighting. So from Thursday night to candle lighting, that is technically Erev Shabbat. The day before a Yom Tov is the Erev of that day. And so technically, when you first enter into the Yom Tov, especially when you enter into the Shabbat, it's literally called the Le'el, the night of. So during Le'el Shabbat, we have a seder where there's the candle lighting that happens with the, the wife, the, the, the lady of the house. And also, if there is no lady of the house, the man is more than welcome to do that, and so on and so forth. And then there is the blessing of the children, uh, along with the Shalom Aleichem. Some people do Shalom Aleichem immediately. Some people bless the children uh, first, and, and so on and so forth. So there's a, a liturgy that you can follow that's directly in the Siddur. And also, uh, at some point, because sometimes there's singing, uh, sometimes there are uh, other psalms, tehillim, that are recited during this time. Uh, you can also cite the, the, recite the Arvit, which is the Ma'ariv uh, prayer service. Uh, most times in synagogue, the men do that before the women light candles. So there is actually a Kiddush in the synagogue that happens. Uh, in communities where the minyan can meet um, before going home to celebrate with their family. So technically, every Friday night, if that would be the case, then there are actually two Kiddush that are done that night. So one at the synagogue and then one when the man comes home. And this is why really it's candle lighting, then go right into the Kiddush and then uh, the Hamotzi. And obviously, uh, before you do the Kiddush, you can do the um, 
the Eshes Chayil, or you can do the Eshes Chayil at some point later in the night. But typically, the at least in the way the Art Scroll Sidur has it, that you would do the Eshes Chayil before the Kiddush. But uh, again, there are many customs, and this is what I would like to bring up because the way that Abraham eulogized Sarah was through the Eshes Chayil. So one of the main things that this makes me think about is that what the men are doing, in a sense, is doing exactly what Abraham did for Sarah and in the the manner and in the manner of in the matter and in the manner of honoring her, showing his appreciation for her, uh, just kind of taking a moment to to really give her esteem and things like that. Not that it's like our wives are dying or anything, but you you think about when you are so moved by someone during the eulogy, you know, if that could be the case while that person is still alive, can you eulogize someone while they're still alive? The same passion, the same intensity, the same emotion, the same heartfelt and the heart weight that happens with that. Can you do that to someone while they're alive? Don't wait till people have passed away and and entered into Olam Haneshamot, the world of souls, before you pay them honor and homage and respect. You can do this now. And so this is already built in into the the family uh, setting every week for the husband to say, you know what, honey, I appreciate you. I love you very much. I pray many blessings over you. The Eshes Chayil blessing, which is, by the way, a woman of valor, is from Aleph to Tav. Like each line is one of the letters of the Aleph bed. So you're literally praying the 22 letters over your wife. And this is one of the most beautiful things about the language of Hebrew is that it's so poetic. And the Eshes Chayil is actually found in uh, Proverbs in Mishle chapter 31, starting at verse 10. And so when you really look at the writings of Shlomo Hamelik, Solomon, King Solomon, uh, this is very, very beautiful that this is what was used uh, to bless our wives and also what Abraham used to eulogize Sarah. So I'm getting this from the Midrash Tanhuma Siman 4, where it says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in years. Genesis 24, 1. Scripture states elsewhere in reference to this verse, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Proverbs 12, 4. And again, that word virtuous is connected to the word chayil. And it goes on to say, This verse alludes to Abraham who mourned for Sarah, for it was written previously, and Sarah died, Genesis 23, 2. Abraham began to weep for her, saying, A woman of valor who can find, for her price is far beyond or far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, Proverbs 31, 10. When did he demonstrate his trust in her? When did he say to her, say, I pray to you, you are my sister. Genesis 12, 3. She does him good 
and not evil all the days of her life. Proverbs 31, 12. She seeks between wool and flax. Proverbs 31, 13. Alludes to her decision to separate Yitzhak and Yishmael when she said to her husband, cast out this bondwoman and her son. Genesis 21, 10. So one of the, the most beautiful things is that you know, it's going line by line all the way through the passages of the Eshes Chayil blessing and bringing up all of these different accounts of when these came to pass and when these things were demonstrated. So this is uh, very, very beautiful. And I don't want to read the whole thing, but I just want to let you know, Midrash Tanchuma, Siman 4, is where all of this is brought forth. But I do want to mention this part at the end. It says it was written that after Sarah's death, the Holy One blessed be he, blessed Abraham. Why did he do that? Lest future generations declare that Abraham was blessed only because of Sarah. Now, I just want to take a second and, and say that the sages tell us that the, the, the household is blessed in the merit of the wife. So Parnassah, livelihood, sustenance is brought because of the merit of the wife. And also any good that happens to the man is really because it's channeled through his wife. So this is why having a wife who is uh, who is esteemed and who is loved and cherished and also that she is a, a person who nurtures her home and Torah. This is why it says the, the patriarchs are like, the mountains and the the matriarchs are like the hills and between the mountains and the hills there are these um these channels of water that go down into the valleys and this is what the women do for the homes where the husbands are the ones who establish the perimeter and the boundaries and set up the 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 mark of torah and then the women come in and just flow that all throughout the home this is why lighting the candles having the fragrance uh, and the light at the Shabbat table is so beautiful because the husband is that foundation that the woman is, uh, is able to operate on so that her whole household is actually blessed. There are so many things with the blessing that the woman recites after she lights the candles that really speak to this. So I wanted to mention that because this is something that everyone could have used as like, okay, now let's see what Abraham is really like because his wife is gone. So what, what all those blessings from Lech Lecha all the way till now, what do they, what do they add up to? Because as long as Sarah was around, everything was cool, but Sarah's not around anymore. And by the way, it is written that Sarah's life departed along with Yitzhak's soul at the Akeda in Genesis 22. And what's amazing about this is, is that there is a bond between the soul of Sarah and the soul of Yitzhak that when he was offered up, she was offered up. And all during the time that he was preparing himself to be bound and placed up on the altar, Sarah was also going through the same things, kind of like Esther when she was getting ready to go before King Akashverosh that she was like three days fast, all Jews, you know, and if I perish, I perish. And she was 
just getting herself ready and prepared for what whatever whatever would transpire. And so Sarah was doing the same thing that she was trusting Abraham. And she said, you know, Abraham said, you know, I was actually told that I need to offer up Yitzhak. And so I know this is our only begotten son and there's a lot resting on this, but Hashem said to do it and we have to trust in him and all of these things. And this was actually uh, reflected in Shvile Penkis for this year's 5783 article because he brings down this is a reflection of Adam and Hava in the garden where it was said that the oral Torah is sourced out in the fact that Adam gave Hava extra instructions regarding the Eitz Hada'at, the tree of knowledge. And it was like Hashem said one thing and then Adam brought in a fence around that, which is what the oral Torah does actually on one level. That's just one aspect. That's not the whole entire thing. There are so many more things that the oral Torah gets into, but this is one aspect. And just like that with Adam and, and Hava was also the same with Abraham and Sarah that he was saying to her about what was going to transpire with Yitzhak. And she trusted Abraham. She did not try to delay anything. She did not try to fight it. She just uh, agreed to it. And it was likened to the way that we as Israel said, Na We will do and we will hear. We submit to you, Hashem. We don't know what's all in your Torah, but whatever it is, we submit ourselves to it. And we are bound to you. We accept your yoke. We accept upon ourselves your kingship. And this is connected to Rosh Hashanah. This is connected to Yom Kippur and Sukkot and all of the Yom Tovim. And especially every week on Shabbat, our daily recitation of the Shema from uh, before we go to sleep. And when we arise, you know, those times are us binding ourselves to Hashem, accepting upon ourselves not only his written Torah, but also the Torah Sheba al the oral Torah. So this is all connected here. So back to Midrash Tankuma Simon 4, it says, and by the way, this is all Midrash Tankuma on Chaye Sarah. And it says, and so he said to himself, I will bless him after her death. Hence it is written, and Hashem had blessed Abraham. Whence do we know that Sarah was already dead when he blessed him? It is written, when he was but one, I called him and I blessed him. Isaiah 51, 2. And Hashem blessed Abraham in all things. Genesis 24, 1. What merit had he acquired? He set aside tithes from all his possessions. As it is said, and he gave him a tenth of all. Genesis 14, 20. Now, one of the most beautiful things is that there is no before or after in Torah. So even though this is speaking on a previous occasion where Abraham meets with Melchizedek and gives him the tithe, that this also applies to Abraham all throughout his life is that he constantly set aside tithe. And it goes on to say the law of tithes requires that a tenth part of one's earnings be set aside for charitable purposes. See in Encyc Jewish Encyclopedia 12.150. Hence it is written, And Hashem blessed Abraham in all things. Now, 
if you look at the way this is connected, Abraham is honoring his wife. And one of the things that he continuously does is he tithes. There is a beautiful connection between tithing and honoring your wife. And this is really beyond the scope of this episode's podcast, but this is a Parsha Naso insight, which happens later in the in the writings of Numbers, in the book of Numbers, and which is Bamibar and Ivrit in Hebrew. Uh, and in there, there's this what is called the Sota. And Sota is also a tractate of Talmud. But the Sota is the woman suspected of adultery. And she's brought because the sages tell us, and this is in the Midrash Rabbah on uh, Parsha Naso, that the woman is is put into this predicament because the husband was not faithful to tithe. So he didn't want to bring himself before the Kohen and the Leviim. So his wife would bring him before the Kohen and the Leviim through the fact that he would suspect her of committing something very, very not kosher. When really, she could have been innocent the whole entire time, and she was only put in this light because of his lack of his connection and submission to Hashem. So therefore, he sees her as lacking commitment and submission unto him. And I want to conclude with the Tana Devei, uh, Rabbi Eliyahu, Rabbi Eliyahu, and this is from our fellow Chavenger Ish Pela Shlita. May he live and be well. And this brings down on page one seventeen. This goes all the way back to Genesis two eighteen, where it says, "It is not good that 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 the man should be alone. I will provide him with a help." that makes him impressive footnote says a help meet like m-e-e-t like a meeting point for him but the hebrew is kenegdo which is meet for him like the meeting place for him and it says may also be derived from neged which means to be or to set in front to make conspicuous, hence impressive. Sometimes you would see that it's translated opposite of him. And I actually taught on this in a previous uh, teaching that it's also brought down that she is one who causes him uh, to uh, either excel or not excel. And in other words, if he's serving Hashem and everything is going right, then she is like, she's a, a boost and a blessing. But if he is not serving Hashem, if he's being wayward, if he's de departing from the, the, the true path of Torah, wisdom, truth, if he's doing all those things, then she becomes very irritating to him and displeasing to him because she is actually pointing him back to Hashem and the friction and the displeasure is only coming because of his actions. So she's either going to help him for good and blessing because he's doing what he's supposed to do. Or she's going to be basically a nuisance to him because he's not doing what he's supposed to do. It's a Shem's way. Not really that this is all that it is, but it's one facet to the 
the story is that it's really Hashem going, hey, get your act together. You cannot remain in sin. You cannot remain in rebellion and, and misalignment. And so really, this is another reason why being married is a blessing is because the wife really helps the husband to stay on track with Hashem. Sometimes you may feel as a husband, oh my gosh, I cannot stand this lady. She's getting on my nerves, you know? And we even read about this in the Legends of the Jews when Hava was created. And he was just like, oh no, she's going to really like be at me because if I'm not serving Hashem, then this is going to be a problem. But that's the thing. Hashem really wants what's best for us. And if we're away from him, that is not a good place to be. And one of the things that it brings down at the end here is it says in the Tana Deve Rebbe Eliyahu, because of his appreciation of her, he will not go about committing adultery. One of the most craziest things that adultery is connected to is a lack of appreciation for your spouse. Usually when there is a, a diverting of attention and not focusing on your spouse, then you get into this mode of of just kind of your eyes wander and then the rest of your body follows after. This is why when Admor Yeshua speaks about if you even lust in your heart after a woman, you've committed adultery. That's part of what Chazal bring down anyway about adultery happens way before an actual carnal physical act. The fact that a man would seclude himself alone with a woman that's not his wife, not his mother or his sister, that that's already a problem. This is why there's halakha in, in Jewish law that says you don't even get in the car alone with a woman who is not your wife or a family member. Like you're not to be alone in a, in a, in a situation like that. And also, there's even something higher than that known as Shomer Nagia, where you don't even touch members of the opposite sex when they're not your wife or your family. So, like, if you really think about all of these different levels that get violated in order for adultery to happen, it's outrageous. And again, you can see a lot of this in Sota on the other side for the wife because she also has the same thing. She can't seclude herself alone with a man, no touching and all of these things. And so there is a lot of safeguards set in place. But really, when you think about violating all these things, there's this just this not focusing and there's this disappreciation. So when you think about the reinforcing of do you really appreciate your wife? Because the Eshes Chayil blessing, whether you feel it or not, is really drawing your heart after your wife. And this is this is the man to the woman uh, relationship here that I'm speaking about. So really, it's a, it's it's really helping us to stay on track, to stay in alignment, to stay faithful and to to appreciate. Because remember, our wife is a daughter of the Holy One, blessed is He. And I don't know about you, but I would not feel right mistreating Hashem's daughter. And so there's just a lot there uh, for the men to, to be following in the footsteps of Abraham. Don't just wait until it's too late to appreciate someone in your life. And this, this is a lesson to all of us that we can appreciate people 
a long time before that and and really make the most of each moment each day with all of our family and loved ones and friends and people that we meet you know when you see someone who you admire and respect you know grant them esteem and and speak positive of them maybe not directly to them because maybe you don't have that kind of connection but at least just going you know what that person over there is amazing like speaking that out into the atmosphere because that supercharges their their neshama and so may we not be afraid to do any of these things and really step forward with lots of appreciation not just for our spouse but for our fellow man Mashiach now.